later, because I'd behaved at mass and hadn't told mum about the stop at the phone box on the way back, dad gave me two pounds to spend at Riley's on stickers and sweets. It was also the day that Jerry left the Spice Girls. With loved ones and family pets all still alive and kicking at this point, Jerry's departure was the first sense of loss I'd experienced in my eight short years, the first stab of betrayal. It was Jackie who broke the story, a fantastic coup for an English girl abroad, and I can still see her now, hurtling towards me across Duffy's field, her voice breathless with scandal, completely betraying the cool-as-ice image she'd been emulating since meeting Marianne Doyle earlier in the week. Can you believe it? The bitch! The fat ginger Judas! So much for friendship never ends! Are you okay, little one? I wailed into her armpit with all the power and persistence of a colicky baby. There's a helpline you can ring, Jackie said, hugging me in the way that only big sisters can, smothering me in a cloud of menthol cigarettes and CK1. I'll walk you to the phone box later if you like. Or I think I saw that Marianne girl with a mobile. She might lend it to us if we give her something. Do you still have that two pounds? I didn't have the two pounds and I didn't have any stickers or sugary things to show for it either. No sooner was it in my hand than Noel, my older brother and monumental shitbag, had snatched it away, warning me I wouldn't see my ninth birthday if I even thought of grassing him up. While I was fairly sure he wouldn't harm me, he was way too scared of Dad for a start. The mere threat of Noel's presence with his red sniffy nose and jagged dirty nails was enough to render me silenced and, frankly... Most days, I wished he was dead. So what with Mum slapping Dad, Jerry turning traitor, and Noel stealing my hush money, May the 31st, 1998, hadn't exactly been a great day for me. In fact, I wrote in my diary that it was the worst day ever in the entire history of the whole world ever even worse than the day I'd been sick on the escalators in Brent Cross and Noel told everyone I had AIDS. It was so bad, I hadn't even noticed Mary Ann was missing. Mary Ann was Jackie's friend, so Jackie insisted anyway. I never saw them exchange anything other than the odd funny fag and backhanded compliment. If I had to sum it up, I'd say Marianne was oblivious to Jackie, who at just 14 was three years her junior and still in her training bra. I'd looked up the word oblivious after Jackie had stomped into Grands one night, raging about Marianne and her mates going off with some bog boys, which meant she'd had to walk home in the dark. I'm telling you, that Doyle one's oblivious to anyone's feelings. Mum said, stirring a pan of hot milk for Gran's brandy-laced cocoa. The mother was the same, though God forgive me, I shouldn't speak ill of the dead. I certainly wasn't oblivious to Marianne. From the second I clapped eyes on her, I'd been dogged in my pursuit of this glittering creature in her baby doll smocks and hoops the size of Catherine wheels, trailing behind her and her crew, mute with reverence and pained shyness, looking to get involved in literally anything they'd let me. Not that they ever did let me. In fact, she only ever deigned to acknowledge my existence once, at the farmer's market that was held every Friday in the town square. It was two days before she disappeared. Hey, I like your Tinkerbell, 
she said, touching the tiny pink pendant that hung around my neck, a Holy Communion gift from an aunt who wasn't big into Jesus. Where'd you get it? It's gorgeous. Look, it matches my belly button ring dead on. She inched up her top and a group of tanked up lads wolfing chips out of cones requested loudly that she get more than her belly button out. Marianne wasn't ruffled though. She just flicked them the V's and turned back to me. But then Marianne wasn't exactly short of admirers. With her licorice black curls and blossom pink pout, most boys turned into cartoon cliches around her. Eyes out on stalks, steam billowing from ears, blood-red hearts pumping outside their puny adolescent chests. And it wasn't just the boys either. It was the men, the husbands, the dads. Dad told a lie that holiday. A big, snarling monster of a lie. The kind...